the uh, Advent series this year has been Christmas According To. And uh, last Sunday with the icy um, hill that would have been hard to negotiate, we didn't have our service. And we, we missed out on hearing Pastor Jim uh, preaching, preaching Christmas from the book of Revelation. And I really was disappointed because I wanted to hear that. I don't think I have. I've never preached a sermon Christmas according to Revelation. But uh, maybe we'll get to hear that later on. But this morning, it's uh, in our Christmas according to, we're focusing on Luke. And my uh, text this morning is, uh, is from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And the focus is uh, today on the shepherds. And uh, so we're going to read that passage, and I think um, we'll get it up on the screen. Is that right? Is it ready to go? Anyway, um, it's familiar territory. I thought it was going to be on the screen, but maybe I'm mistaken. All right. uh, But as we read, I want you to pay attention to to this. Uh, Toward the end of the passage, we will see, and this is the outline that you have in your bulletin, the shepherds came seeking... They arrived finding, they stayed telling, and they returned praising. Now I want you to, as the, as the passage goes on, I want you to pay attention and notice those things. Okay, uh, Luke 2, verse 8. And in the same region, region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel, an angel, notice there was one. An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And it came about when the, shepherd, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They came seeking. And they came in haste, and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. They arrived finding. And they And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child, and all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. They stayed telling. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them, they, re- they returned rejoicing. You know, uh, the big idea that I have printed there for you in the bulletin is this. As shepherds rushed to Bethlehem in search of the Christ child and were transformed by the experience uh, 
so should we who have been transformed by the gospel have a sense of urgency in sharing with our world what we have seen and heard. Well, it's Christmas morning. Um, the Christmas rush is over. Has the time leading up to this day been hectic at your house? Has it been, uh, you know, for a lot of people it is. Uh, for example, here's, um, here's an example of the Christmas rush. Twas the month before Christmas. And all through the house, everyone was stirring, even the mouse. Calendars were hung with the greatest of care, all showing the scheduled gala affairs. The children were adding their wants to their lists, making quite certain their desires weren't missed. And Mama, with her visa, and I with my cash, had just balanced our budget for this Christmas bash. Then, out from the ads there arose such a calling, I read through the papers to see prices were falling. Away to the mall I flew like a flash, tore open my wallet, and doled out the cash. The glitter of tinsel in windows displays told us all to buy now and not to delay. When what with my gaping eyes should I see but a sale? Xbox games, wall-sized TV, with the power of plastic so easy and quick, I knew in a moment this season was licked. For who would deny that as soon as I'd pay, I could promise my kin a bright holiday? Now tinsel, now holly, now ribbons and wrappings, buy garland, buy eggnog, buy all Christmas trappings, to Walmart and Macy's, to the, to the rest of them all. Now charge away, charge away, charge away all. <laughs> While I finished buying the gifts for the clan, the family continued their holiday plans. Now off to their parties and programs they flew. With Christmas approaching, there's so much to do. And then in a twinkling, I had a quick thought while standing and gazing at each gift I'd bought. The sweaters, the albums, the football and phone, the t-shirts, the Walkman, the CDs to own. There's got to be more to this season called joy. Ah, yes, I remember the birth of a boy. How soon we forget the real celebration. God giving the gifts of love and salvation. Well, I hope that that doesn't describe your month before Christmas. But um, if it does, I hope that you will resolve now that next year you will not attempt, you, know, you will attempt to minimize uh, the Christmas rush, the bad Christmas rush, allowing more time to focus on the real significance of the Christmas season. But now I want us to notice there are some who are in a good rush in Luke's account of the events surrounding the birth of Jesus. And maybe they are the, the least expected people to be in a rush. They are in this familiar story, the shepherds. Now, I don't think of shepherding as an occupation that's marked by a lot of hurry. It seems to be, to be a, a slow-paced occupation, uh, traveling at sheep speed from one place to another, watching for predators, 
rounding up the occasional stray, and as Luke 2 says, keeping watch over their flocks by night, doesn't seem like a hectic occupation. But on the night of the birth of Jesus, the slow-paced pattern of these shepherds was abruptly interrupted. Their quiet vigil was shattered by the sudden appearance of one lone angel, so brightly arrayed in glory of the Lord that, that these surprised shepherds were petrified with fear. The angel declared a message of joyous good news, the birth of a Savior. And then, without warning, a multitude of angels appeared. If one angel overwhelmed these shepherds, what effect would a multitude have? And with one voice, these, this multitude of angels declared, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Now, I want to pause here uh, for a minute to imagine this scene. The, the text straightforwardly tells us that these many angels said this, and then they went away into heaven. My imagination, I don't know about yours, but my imaginations make me think that this is a, a heavenly choir, and that with antiphonal, melodious, four-part harmony in Handel's Messiah-like song that echoed across the hills. They filled the night air with glorious music, commensurate with their glorious appearance. Now, the text doesn't say this, but neither does it prevent us from thinking this is the way it was. And I also envision these shepherds slack-jawed with blinking, with eyes blinking, looking at one another and asking, was I just dreaming? Did, did you see what I saw? Did, did we all hear this? And they all agree. Yes, they heard the angel say, and these are the exact words, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then the text continues and it says, so the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and let us see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made to us and made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. This then is the first Christmas rush. Shepherds hurrying to find the Christ child. They came seeking. They arrived finding. They stayed telling, and they returned praising. Now, if you'll allow me a bit more imagining. You know, it's, it's a good thing, isn't it? To, to do a little imagining, uh, when you read the, the uh, biblical accounts, and to read between the, between the lines and say, well, you know, it's, it gives us this much information, but there's it's got to be more to it. And so our imaginations go, and, and I think I call it sanctified imagining, and uh, I think that's okay. And your imagining may be a little different than mine, but anyway, uh, it's good to kind of do that. And this is where my imagination goes. According to the record, 
all these shepherds had to go on was, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, a manger is an animal feeding trough. It might be wood, it might be stone, and it's not very antiseptic. I mean, have you ever watched animals eat? Maybe even your nice little dog, but you know, you, you see a cow uh, sticking her face into the, the straw or the hay, and there's slobber and there's all that stuff. Well, this is the kind of a, it's not sweet smelling hay and a beautiful picture like so many of the Christmas cards show us. It was a very, very non-antiseptic world into which our Savior came, and I think there's significance in that. Okay, what I envision is that, uh, well, there are many. How many mangers do you suppose there were in Bethlehem? Now, I have the impression that most families had animals, maybe a cow for milk, uh, a couple of goats that were being fattened for slaughter, uh, perhaps even a donkey. And, and these animals need to be fed. Hence, Mangers, lots of them. And they needed shelter, a shed, a cave perhaps, uh, or space under a house with a family living above. Uh, what I envision is these shepherds hurrying straight to Bethlehem, rushing from shed to barn to cave, knowing, because the angel had told them, that they will find the promised baby. They came seeking. It's part of the first Christmas rush. Finally, their search is rewarded. There, in an animal shelter of some sort, they find a couple showing the wear and tear of travel and maternal travail. And there he is. The baby for whom they have come seeking. The one they've been told is destined to be the Savior who is Christ the Lord. These Jewish shepherds knew the promise of the prophets that one day a Savior will come. That promise is verified by the authoritative word announced by, angel, by the angel. This is the promised one for whom they have come seeking. My imagination tells me that they fall on their faces in wonder, awe, and worship. They came seeking and their search was rewarded. I'd like to digress just for a moment because my mind goes to another seeker. Now, 30 years have passed and now this baby is a man. He's ministering to crowds. As he approaches the city of Jericho, a seeker named Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. He's a short guy and he can't see over the tops of the the heads of the crowd, and so you remember the story. He, he climbs a tree for a good look at Jesus. And Jesus spots him in the tree and tells him to come down and goes to his house, and Zacchaeus becomes a true believer. His seeking for Jesus was richly rewarded. But Jesus demonstrates that he too is a seeker. Because he says in this very context, it's in the 19th chapter of Luke, and, and Jesus says that he 
the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Zacchaeus was a lost sinner. And Jesus found him. Jesus sought him. He sought Jesus. Jesus sought him. Jesus found him. He found Jesus. And he learned forgiveness. He learned redemption. He came out of that a true believer. Now, we all are or have been lost sinners. And Jesus seeks us. Now, how's it with you? Have you been a seeker? Or are you a seeker? Has, has your search brought you to the Savior toward whom the shepherds were seekers? The one Zacchaeus sought? The one who has been seeking for you? His seeking has been so intense that it, that it brought him to the cross to die as your substitute to rise from the dead so he could verify that, you, that your search for him is worthwhile. And his search for you results in forgiveness of your sin and assurance of eternal life. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near, Isaiah tells us. When we, like the shepherds, come seeking, our search is met with eternal reward. Now, I trust you have found him. I trust that you've been that seeker who has found Jesus. And if you have not yet found him, he's seeking for you. Seek him while he may be found. Come to him while he is near. Okay, now back to the shepherds who arrived finding. We've already seen it. They came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. Their search was rewarded as they arrived finding. It was exactly as the angel had promised. There was no flaw in the angel's instructions, and likewise the angel's promise was flawless. He is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. These shepherds arrived with a story to tell. So they, were, they, they stayed telling. The text says, And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. How eager they must have been to declare the amazing event that they had witnessed the night, that, on the nighttime hillside. First, the terrifying experience of the lone angel and his astounding message, and then the glorious angelic choir with music flooding the air. Now, um, something I never noticed before in this, it says that the, um, it says there in uh, verse 18, and all who heard it wondered. Now, I've had the impression that the shepherds showed up at this stable or this animal shelter, and there was Mary and Joseph and the baby. But now it says, all who, and the, and the shepherds told of their experience with the angels out on the hillside. But it says, all who heard it wondered at what was told them. And I think, who are these 
all who heard it. Were there more people? There must have been. It seems like it. The account seems... And, and, and we might say, well, that was later on as more people heard it. But I don't think so because the next verse says, and Mary was there and she treasured all these things up in her heart. So I think it all happened right there in this stable, animal shelter, cave, whatever it might have been. So who are all these other people? Hmm. Uh, my imagination speaks up again. Did others join with the shepherds as they sought the object of their search and said, we're looking for a baby, angels have talked to us about it, and, and maybe others said, well, let us go along with you and help you search. Could be. Uh, perhaps the cries of a newborn coming out of a, a stable attracted uh, passers-by. They thought, what's the baby doing in the stable? They, that may have been what brought others there. Or, uh, you know, we could think about other, that, uh, other ways that, uh, you know, there might have been others on that night that sought shelter. And because there wasn't room in the inn for them either, and so how do we know about what other people were there in that place where Jesus was born? But all we, all we know is that all who heard it wondered at the things that were told them. So, uh, anyway, don't you suppose the shepherd's story of angelic visitation prompted Mary in her turn to tell of the astounding visit by an angel nine months earlier? Don't you suppose she told about her obedient submission to this amazing news that she, though a virgin, was going to be the mother of a child? And Joseph, he speaks up, and he'd also had contact with an angel, and it so convinced him that God was wonderfully at work that he promptly took this expectant girl as his bride. And with all this telling, all who heard it wondered at these things. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Yes, the shepherds stayed telling this story of wonder. And hearing more from this pair of brand new parents, all who heard it wondered. Then suddenly the shepherds remembered they remembered there was a flock of sheep out there on the hillside, and they needed to go back to work. They needed to return to their daily routines, and, and that's what they did, but it was all different now. They returned praising. Here's our text. And the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. Told them by angels. Told them by Mary. And Joseph. The text doesn't say so, but I think they rushed back. By now it may have been daylight. The sleepy town was waking up, and I think these God-glorifying and praising shepherds hurrying back to their flocks were a cause of wonder to all with whom they came in contact. The shepherds who, with a sense of great urgency, had come seeking, had arrived finding, and then they stayed telling and they returned rejoicing. There it is, folks. That's, that's the first Christmas rush. That's the good Christmas rush. Now, does this have any effect on you and me? 
The term Christmas rush has a mostly negative connotation, at least I think it does. It usually refers to the hectic pace from Black Friday, and I, I dislike that term, dislike all that it connotates, and, and, and doesn't, um, aren't they talking about Cyber Monday now too, and oh man, all part of this negative Christmas rush. I really dislike that, but anyway, it's there, and, though, and you know, from Black Friday through the obligatory gift buying and card sending and parties with endless white elephants, some good and some pretty crazy, <laughs> and, uh, and dinners and other social obligations, some of it with people we don't especially like, but there's a good side to the Christmas rush. Family gatherings, concerts, and programs, and time off from work and school with, you know, opportunity to relax. But toward the end of it all, how often have you said, I sure, I'll be so glad when January comes. Now, uh, I want to declare that there's a good Christmas rush. It's the one we have looked at today, shepherds rushing to find the baby redeemer, staying to tell their angel-studded story, then hurrying back to their normal life with, I hope, a new sense of urgency to tell others of the wondrous experience that they have had. It seems to me that, that Christmas for us should instill a fresh sense of urgency in the way we live. We've come again to Bethlehem's stable. We have found afresh the Christ child. We've been reminded that he's gone on to become our redeemer. I hope this has all brought us to a new sense of urgency about the blessed news that Jesus has come to seek and to save the lost and a realization that he is counting on us, his people, to be declarers of that news to a lost and dying world. Let me read some Bible verses that seem to push us toward the good Christmas rush. Verses that should encourage us to hurry, to tell the good news of the gospel to friends and neighbors and relatives and, and workmates and schoolmates. I'll just give you the, I'm not giving you the references. I want you just to listen to these passages from the word of God that pushes us, urges us to have a sense of urgency about living for Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are ripe for harvest. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Peter said, The Lord is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be? in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the day of the coming day of God. 
Paul said, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Isaiah said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. Jeremiah said, in my heart, God's word became like a burning fire shut up in my bones and I am weary of holding it in and I cannot endure it. And again, Paul says, it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone and the day is at hand. Let us therefore lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. So why are these challenges given to us if not to press on our hearts a sense of urgency to tell the good news that a Savior has come and that he is Christ the Lord? This is the good Christmas rush. Let's become part of a great throng of proclaimers hurrying to tell this good news. Pray with me, please. Lord, I thank you for the sense of urgency that your word portrays that we should have as we respond to the good news of the gospel and as we respond to the grace of God that has been extended into our lives as believers in Jesus Christ. And for all of us who are here today and say, yes, Jesus is my Savior, help us to hurry to share that news. Help us to always be ready with the action or the words that will convey the love of Christ and the saving grace of God to the lost and dying world around us. And Lord, for any who are not can't say that they own Jesus as their Savior. If there are any in this room that would say, I've never really come to that point, I pray that you will put a sense of urgency on their hearts that would cause them to respond in saving faith to this one who has come to be our Savior. We pray in his name. Amen.